mic and mac is using my mic for reasons that we won't bore you with but um just know that that's true know that we're always improvising um in order to bring you the jazziest podcasting experience possible um, i also want to quickly shout out at the top of the show um my friends uh from the whatsapp group that i've been proselytizing our podcast in what's up guys you know who you are um anyway um how you doing mac Good. I'm glad that you're uh, you're you're making your missionary rounds on WhatsApp. I am. I'm, a, I'm. I'm. Wouldn't have like expected that. Saint John the Baptist out here in the wilderness, s- wandering around with my own severed head in my hand, <laughs> from WhatsApp to WhatsApp, trying to get listen to people to listen to a shitty podcast. Hell and yeah. you know, I'm I'm getting there a little, you know, little little by little. Power to you, man. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, you know. You never you can't sleep. You can't sleep on this in this in this game. A uh, lot of lot of a <laughs> lot of contenders, um, and you know it's sort of for that very reason that we're gonna mix up the format a bit today. Got a special um, app. We got a special, special app, sort of special format. We are dimming lights, drawing the curtains, and uh, you know, bringing out the uh, highly flammable. Um, celluloid film for a little future Zhao movie episode oh shit oh shit we're watching uh we watched a film today or for today's episode and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about it um it's a bit of an interesting one uh nothing too high concept uh not even a very good movie if you ask me <laughs> although you know we're gonna get into this but it, it <laughs> it's interesting on a, on a on a number of levels um both for its subject matter and then on a more meta level, um, like what what it is as a sort of document of its time and and place and so forth. But here I am rambling on Mac. What what did we watch? And will you give us a bit of a rundown? Sure. Yeah. Well, we um, very future is out at least in concept sh- uh, movie. We watched. Uh, it's called The Men Who Stare at Goats. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> had to get that in there. Um, what's it from? Like. T- it's from 2009, so it's a little bit of an oldie, but not too old. Um, it's 2000, like the late late aughts, like pre-tens, was a really special time in, in film. I feel like Hollywood was really feeling their oats at that time, and there were a lot of like sort of procedural, like goof-em-up comedies that came out that right. people just loved. Like that was sort of the golden era, like... 08, 09 was sort of golden era Apatow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's when all the Will Ferrell movies were right, in stride. Right. Like Step Brothers. Step Brothers. Anchorman. Like Anchorman. You know, you've got your fucking, um, you've got your Knocked Up. You know, people were like 
uh, Pineapple your Express. Pineapple Watch Express, that. indeed, indeed. You know, great movie. That that's a legit. Seth great Rogen's movie. laughs just sort of echo throughout <laughs> this sort of dismal <laughs> canyon. You know, they just forever and ever. You never know from whence they came or when they'll ever end. But um, yeah, it was an interesting time. I mean, clearly not like a period of like. I feel like right now when movies come out, they're extremely self-conscious. Like every movie. Right. I mean, even setting aside, like, every movie trying to be, like, woke and topical and, inter- and like, oh, we're really we're really dishing on, this, on the subjects of the day. I feel like it's hard, like, we live in a very, like, sweaty, self-conscious time for right. art generally, um, and specifically movies. I think everyone's very bent out of shape about being important and, like, capital letters saying something, you know. Take us back to 09, people. It, we were so we were just loosey goosey, just riffing, just feeling sh- feeling so good. Um, so yeah, that, <laughs> and I think that comes into play. I mean, you can sense that in this film, The Men Who Stare at Goats, which yes, is a 2009 feature by Grant Heslov, bit of a no name. Um, he directed Catch 22 as well, which came out in 2019. Um, obviously, an adaptation of the celebrated. Um, novel by joseph heller um again a bit of a a bit of a war is crazy movie Mm -hmm. which is uh, (laughs) very much what this one is um and yeah this one though i will say just to give you like the stats if you haven't seen it um pretty studded star-studded cast i'm looking (laughs) at the banner image where we have george clooney jeff bridges ewan mcgregor Kevin Spacey and a goat and a goat naturally not to be left out um one of the more famous goats in Hollywood well he doesn't have a name but he does he works a lot he's doing very well for himself um, I think he had a drug problem too yeah well he's doing much better now um yeah like big sort of semi-ensemble cast in what is essentially a bit of a goof up comedy like uh about like yes as the name suggests, a group of men who use psychic powers in a sort of unconditional or rather untraditional way at the behest of the U.S. military, and which is based on uh, effectively like uh, true true facts, as it were. Is that right. right, Meg? Yeah, I mean, if this sounds somewhat familiar to you listeners, you right. may recall our DARPA episode where we talked about how, especially during the DARPA, Vietnam DARPA, DARPA. War, there was a lot of like sort of zany, sort of stick it, stick it to the wall and see if it sticks type of military exercises. Right. And this was sort of right up there with it, where the, the premise is about this group of soldiers um, that were psychic warriors, and um, what they were called like the Free Earth. What was the, okay, the name of their so, battalion? They so yeah, in the film, they're known as like the New Earth Army. Right. But right. what is essentially discussed in the film, like the crux of the film, is a real thing that was called the Stargate Project, mm. um, which was established in 1978 by uh, the Defense Intelligence Agency, which is uh, one of the like fucking two dozen intelligence agencies that we have um and their brief was essentially to like explore the potentials of you know expand the pineal gland of the of the u.s of the old gi joe um primarily and this is what the movie goes into which we'll we'll talk about the plot and so forth um but they were like one of their main sort of uh you know bones that they were 
chasing after was the concept of remote viewing, right. which was like by like honing your mind and meditating, you could just like see like a place in time on Earth just like psychically. So you could just like pop into a Soviet missile site and just sort of check it out right. while like sitting cross-legged cross-legged in Fort Detrick, Maryland. And maybe on some acid. And maybe doing, a, yeah, maybe microdosing or macrodosing, um, you know. Uh, shouts out Sidney Gottlieb. Yeah, this um, was, like, definitely hand-in-hand hand with the era of, like, MK Ultra and, like, a lot of the other, like, sort of, like, um, you know, drug-infused sort of experimentations in the military. And this is, like, if not directly related, like, tangential to all that as well. And this is sort of the, and this is sort of where the movie begins, um, which is apparently true to, true to life, which is that, like, the United States, um, you know, intelligence community very, you know, deftly convinced itself or rather the people who you know control the purse strings i.e the executive branch or congress or, or or what have you um that the the soviet union was working on quote psychotronic research Ooh, um, sounds scary sounds scary i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah terrifying um, reminds me of uh, if any of our listeners have played black ops the video game right. when they're like mason the numbers the numbers yeah 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 they had mason like tied (laughs) to his chair in the loading screen it was bad it was a bad scene so yeah obviously all you need to do is say the soviets in the cold war you know the soviets are doing something and then you get a blank check to you know fucking you know go into a hyperbaric chamber and take a bunch of mushrooms and tell yourself that you're seeing a, a, a soviet missile silo um Probably just tripping your fucking balls off. Yeah, most likely. But yeah, so, but this was a real, so like, you know, as a preface of the film, this really did happen. Um, there were a lot of weird, like, civilian dudes, um, people like Russell Targ and Harold Putoff, um, who sort of show up in the film as composite characters. But these are guys who still sort of are, some of whom are still alive, um, who are parapsychologists and authors who are sort of on this, like, fringe. Uh, between like accepted science, um, Russell Targ, I think in particular was like a pretty accomplished physicist who, um, made some like serious, you know, scientific contributions, um, and then became like a Scientology crank and all this other stuff. Um, but these guys got a lot of money from the director of behavioral research for ARPA, um, Mm. in the seventies, which, you know, longtime listeners will remember ARPA was basically like a big fire hose of cash to just right. like spray at any private group that wanted or could claim to have like some type of uh, military use for mm-hmm. any type of chicanery or nonsense um some of which was valid but a lot of which as this sort of movie goes into although somewhat ineptly I- if you want my opinion um uh you know, a lot of a lot of people made a lot of money doing this, um, and there was a lot of money splashed around. Yeah. Um, before before we go deeper, I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil the the title, so and then we'll go into it further. But the many stare goats. So we talk about remote viewing in this, but also another part of it, they were essentially trained these psychic warriors to be able to like inflict damage with their minds, and so hence right. the name of the title, like people claimed that they could kill a goat with just their tele- telepathic power. And there was a bunch of other like uh, exercises in that as well with this unit. Um, so that's just a foreshadowing of kind right. of where we're going with all this. Yeah. So this notion, 
I guess yes, is that like they created these men in theory who could stare at goats and in order either to kill them or to make them so sexy and hot that they could send them into combat zones and trick our enemies into uh you know making love and potentially even marrying them <laughs> which imagine if we had made um Saddam Hussein marry a goat um publicly um at the beginning of the Iraq war instead of doing what we did instead be pretty sick it would be everything would be different um so just a little little nugget <laughs> for you to chew on um so yeah but yes okay i think the ground groundwork has been sufficiently laid this group this thing stargate project which wasn't getting a ton of money granted but always had you know it had a couple mi- tens of millions of dollars to throw around which in pentagon terms is is peanuts but right. you know they had money to throw around for literally just like new age hippies to meditate and pretend to like you know scry um far away lands and shit um and they uh they they soldiered on until like the mid 90s when they were finally shuttered um officially yeah and in the in the movie and they they take some liberty with the characters and all this but like if you watch the film um the person that that uh personifies all this is like a jeff bridges character it's jeff bridges right yeah jeff bridges. Uh, jeff bridges character who he's like a regular old soldier and some shit happens and he has a near-death experience and there's this like sort of this person that comes from the cloud that tells him to like conquer the enemy with their love and that's like his whole impetus to start this organization which is like using like the new age hippie movement and like love to like as a weapon sort of right is that fair yeah definitely and i think you know it's fascinating like Okay, we'll get into the politics of this movie, which I think are sort of interesting. Also, what one thing we haven't mentioned yet, and I mean, before we start going, you know, p- plot point by plot point, is that it's sort of ha- as much ado about these sort of 70s sort of um, detente era Cold War machinations of this, uh, this, this group. Um, but it really is set in the present day or framed in the present day by... Um, the Iraq war and right. like a journalist who just happens to stumble on this crazy story and gets like, you know, you know, looped up with these crazy old, uh, old, old psychic soldiers in, in the deserts of Iraq and Kuwait. Um, which I think is honestly where this movie really falls short in trying to sort of import, um, some of the like cosmic, goofiness of like you know uh um remote location or remote viewing into like uh, a sort of also bearing in mind that this movie was made in 2009 like the sort of blood-soaked sands of iraq um and it's like we're doing dark comedy and satire but they don't really uh well uh, maybe i'm getting ahead of myself but well but okay so, <laughs> so you mentioned yes yeah, so it is based in iraq but i think so this was the movie is based off a book right which is like there's a journalist who's like you're following his story essentially in the movie and that's essentially based off of a writer who wrote these stories and you know in the in the film the way it's projected is like it's this like journalist from some, some midwestern state yeah he's like, like shit out of luck yeah um, and then he's he goes, cucked uh, that's actually an important that's an important <laughs> actually like founding lodestone of this movie is that the, <laughs> oh, the, wow i like that lodestone <laughs> no it really is is that the the journalist who's like his name is Bob Wilton and he <laughs> writes in the film for the Ann Arbor Ann Arbor Daily Temigra- Telegram Telegram right. um, 
finds out that his wife is just like sucking and fucking his editor who <laughs> has um also like a, a bionic hand uh yeah, like a he has like a prosthetic limb um which is very ableist of this film <laughs> suggests that even though i've long suspected it you should not say outright that people with prosthetic limbs are adulterers um <laughs> even though i i've, I've long suspected they, the they same say the myself. quiet part loud they say the quiet part loud about <laughs> prosthetic limb wearers um that they cannot they cannot keep to keep their dicks in their pants anyway um so yeah he gets basically cucked by his editor and then he's like looking for a big scoop a big fat juicy scoop and so obviously he goes to kuwait to the yeah. sort of like feeding trough of the global war on terror which i like so like <laughs> to pause here and like this is like i think this is like sort of great and like another thing that the film does sort of unintentionally which is just like insofar as it is like about the iraq war because it's set in like essentially the present day for when the movie is made so 2009 right iraq's going on this guy goes to kuwait he's trying to get through there's like journalists are hobnobbing and he's like not really like he doesn't have the he doesn't have the clout to like get a fucking pass to go in yeah um it sort of shows like we talked in the past i think we talked in the darp episode about how you know jean baudrillard the french theorist and not to go off on my baudrillard tip but like how much the Iraq war was like for media consumption and how right. much it was like, you know, you had on CNN, like countdown to the surge. And like, it was very much like a media thing. Like it was, it was rolled out in, in concert with, uh, you know, um, sort of public viewing in mind. Um, so I think that it's funny that that's sort of how the movie is set up as like a, in the, in this, this journalist who's just like been cucked and he's like, how am I going to get my mojo back? Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> like, this is, this, is a, this is a war, but it's like, it's set up as like his gap year or some shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. At, like in college to like go and like, Literally, oh fuck. Yeah. Like I have figured not a single, like, and you know, not to be like, you know, it's, I don't want to, not trying to be like a drab and like moribund moralist about how bad Iraq was. Obviously it was like one of the worst crimes of the past century. And like, that should not be understated, but like, you know, it's okay to like, have some dark humor and satire about such a such a vile event but the, it is funny that yeah like there's like not not like hide nor hair of like how sort of sketchy and at, at minimum and like really morally outrageous the war is it's just right. like yeah <laughs> i got dumped so i had to do what a guy has to do and go to iraq and try to <laughs> Be cool. But it's funny, though, because when he first gets there, they make a, a point of this in the film where it's like he's on the call. I think he's calling his wife and he's like telling her like, uh, oh, yeah, I can only talk to you for a second because like there's like, yeah, I'm, in, like I'm in between like a war fight and stuff. He's like knocking. He's like slamming his foot against the wall to mimic like artillery fire. Meanwhile, he's in like a five star hotel in like yeah, in Kuwait, Kuwait City, yeah. where like all you go down and all the journalists are just like there drinking together and like getting room service because like they're just like sort of like so loosely connected with the war and that's where he's at when he meets sort of the crux of this story yeah right? sort of our our protagonist um in george clooney whose name is lynn cassidy who is sort of a, a bit of a, a a portmanteau of like a lot of real people mm -hmm. um that we've talked about like um Yuri Gellet, Ingo Svan, some other people you can Google who are just like these weird type of like military adjacent um, 
new age psychic quasi grifter people um in any case that's george clooney who i have to say like i I have a lot of bones to pick with this film but like the performances are all really good i mean for one ewan mcgregor is like a great sort of just like stumble bum (laughs) like midwestern journalist shithead um he he sort of plays this role in some other movies too i mean but Really, he is definitely second fiddle the whole time to George Clooney. Clooney he, shines, man. Clooney he's does so good. shine. I mean, he's got like a wicked, like leathery tan on, which I appreciate. Like good continuity. He's a good looking man. I guess he's a say, beautiful man. Yeah, he's man. got like good, just like glistening neck skin, um, in like the sexiest way. And then he's just like Clooney is sort of like at his best and like again another thing about this movie is that it's really trying to be a coen brothers film and it really uses clooney um in like some of his more uh, like it tries to like recreate the magic of some of his better coen brothers roles like um in uh um burn after reading um as uh you know the sort of like hapless spy um adulterer um, and then also in uh, what's the fucking uh, what's the um, oh brother Caesar. where art thou oh yes that's tr- I didn't even th- I didn't realize that was a Coen Brothers movie yeah, yeah. it's a very similar character it's as like true. and like this point. is where this is where Clooney really shines generally as just sort of like a twitchy weirdo who's yeah. like leading a pack of strange uh, a, a pack of idiots around um, and he's just like sort of like yeah like grimacing and twitching and 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 like is himself insane but in some way in a leadership role very sure That's of himself really but also very insecure at the same time right exactly right. Like, like just this like this just like you know vase this like macrame or rather this is like you know held glued together vase that's just like quivering with anticipation <laughs> of falling apart at any second um it's good he really you know and he turns in a, a good performance given the, the subject material um so yeah, as far as this sh- as far as the story goes, him and Ewan McGregor meet at the bar by happenstance. Ewan McGregor's he's he's you know once again thwarted, trying to find a way in Iraq so he can write a, f- a sexy story to own his his wife who cheated on him. Um, and he happens upon this dude Lynn Cassidy um, in like the bar of the hotel, and they get to talking, and he finds out that this guy is you know under here under false pretenses. Um, in order to um, do what what we don't quite know, but then from by merit of a past um, interview that Ewan McGregor did with someone who he dismissed as a total crank back stateside, he learns that this is Lynn Cassidy who has you know spooky connections to a sort of like you know yeah DARPA adjacent program. So he latches on to him. And before long, like, they find themselves crossing the border into Iraq with, you know, sort yeah. of unclear, unclear uh, Cassidy, goals. Cassie spills the beans to him that he was a uh, psychic warrior. A, a Jedi is what they call them in the movie. Um, right, which Jedi does warrior. set up a very cute scene um, with George Clooney explaining what a Jedi is to Ewan McGregor, who famously is, like, a literal Jedi in uh, the... Obi Wan, if he's Obi Wan, yeah, yeah, it was cute. It was, I, I appreciate it, but but yeah, so like um, it, th- that beginning interview that Jonah mentioned was like there was this cr- where who Ewan McGregor thought was a crank stateside, but is this man who claimed that he could kill a goat with his his mind, and then when he's talking to George Clooney, George Clooney's character kind of 
reaffirms that. And so you McGregor looking for some sort of lifeline for some story, he says like, Oh, like you're the real deal. You're the psychic warrior. Like I'm going to follow you and just sort of be like, you know, the classic, um, fly in the wall journalist who's like doing a story. And so then that's how they make their way into Iraq. Yeah. So basically they get, end up in Iraq under like mysterious. I mean, at this point, George Clooney's character is like, oh, I'm a private contractor. I'm here for some, you know, mundane reason. Quickly, we learn that he's actually like a reactivated agent. I mean, mm-hmm. we learn that later. But um, as they're in Iraq, I mean, and this is where like the tone of the movie is very like, you know, it's goofy. It's sort of like Three Stooges. Um, it's very honestly, and again, like, and I'm not, this is not necessarily like a knock. And I think he does it sort of well, the director, Heslov. But he's like, it's such a portmanteau. It's such a send-up of a lot of, like, Coen Brothers films. Right. You know what I mean? In terms of, like, the way that the... Certainly Clooney being this sort of, like, Odysseus-type character right. who's, like, on this quest of, like, Lord knows when or how it will end. But he's just, like, carried on by God. And, like, you know, you just have Ewan McGregor who's along for the ride. And, like... That's very Brother Where Art Thou. Yeah. He's also like a spook. He's a spy. Very burn after reading. Yeah. Um, and like the tone of the film and like some of the dialogue, it's like very clearly he's like aping some his betters in the Coen brothers, which is like, you know, like fine. Like, you know, do your thing. Riff, like steal from people who are more talented than you. That's that's the essence of art. Um and it doesn't and again like i don't want to say like i think broadly speaking it, it works like scene for scene it's like a it's like it engages you yeah but well, they, um i was gonna say like they spend a lot of that middle territory right. like a lot in of flashbacks it, yeah it's like a lot of that territory when they're in iraq is like it's essentially they're they'll do flashbacks tripping. to uh, cassidy explaining his time around the vietnam era of like being a trainee how and, like, he got this, to be like a psychic spirit. yeah yeah wait do you want to so do you want to tell us a little bit about like where the, what the movie gives us as far as plot exposition for that yeah well um, i mean we said it a bit briefly but like so that jeff bridges character he's like essentially the commander for this like unit um and lynn cassidy was like his sort of like his star like the protege yeah. right um and so they did a lot of like most of it in there is like it's like meditation hippie movement type of stuff but like they would do things where lynn because he was a prodigy would be able to you know they had a scene where um, there would be like a, a bunch of lockers and they would ask him like what's in so and so locker and he would just with his mind be able to predict it and he said like iconically he said it's a man in a chair and they opened it up and it was a picture of Abraham Lincoln's like monument yeah, shit Lincoln like that Memorial. and they did a bunch of stuff there's also like a lot of like comedic elements of it where like they like it was there's this contrast between like they're doing the hippie like sort of like new age stuff but also they're learning combat shit like there's a character there who's like this like sort of like just beefy like uh, marine dude who they they flash back to him of like lift deadlifting shit with his balls and like yeah, he's um <laughs> and like bit. what but, was the other movie sorry to interrupt what's the other film from this period where there's like a bit there's like a joke that hinges on a guy lifting shit with his nuts is that from dodgeball do you know what i'm talking about oh maybe it's from dodge i mean i i don't i don't remember there's like another whole joke about a guy whose like whole thing is he's like can lift shit with his nuts um and they're like it's funny and like you know what dude even me 
years on like when <laughs> like they're doing that scene and you're like okay he is doing this officially lifting sandbags with a scrotum like i got like that gave me like a sharp exhale through the nose you know what i mean <laughs> um anyway but yeah no i mean just a lot of like uh, yeah a lot of scene setting of like this guy cassidy who goes from like you know traditional like military dude to like growing out his hair and like there's an iconic scene where um jeff bridges character he's like teaching all these recruits like how to be part of this unit and the first thing they do um is they start dancing right and he's like playing like music and he's like you gotta learn how to dance because we have to beat them with their love and lynn cassie's character is like this you know normal so yeah midwestern george clooney, george yeah, clooney, george clooney yeah. midwestern dude who's like uncomfortable and he's just like you gotta dance and it's like this uh you know unlocking the um the inner like yeah, like, opening like the flower third eye of exactly. some like ROTC exactly. jerk, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it works. Yeah, it works. Um, so like, yeah, and like, I guess yeah. So George Clooney's character is sort of telling you and McGregor about his mentor in the Jeff Bridges character, um, while in real in in real time they're in Iraq for unknown purposes, um, and yeah, and talking about the creation of the new earth army which was and is essentially like an, an a completely analogous thing to something that really did exist which was like the first earth brigade mm-hmm. which was basically the same shit i mean it's just like again like arpa the pentagon splashing around funds in the 70s for like god knows what including i mean among, probably one of the least evil things they spent money on was like yeah getting a bunch of soldiers to go to like new age like uh like self-help talks and like right. yeah do like the uh, tantric yoga and shit um which like i know it's like that it is like the which we'll go into later it's like it's kind of done slapstickly but it is sort of funny like it is the contra- funny the contradiction yeah. I mean, of it is, is super like interesting of, it's like, goofy yeah it remind, you I know mean, what it reminds me of like yeah. in vietnam do you know how like um it, it's the iconic symbol of like on the thumper the grenade launcher you know what that the, it's like the cock grenade launcher that yeah. has like thing like, like people would have the peace sign on it and it was like all these peace signs on a lot of like well, yeah, like like it's... like military like guns and shit and it's like kind of speaking to that like weird like <laughs> well yes and thing. no yeah i mean it's interesting and i think that's that's a, f- a funny thing to get into because it's just like yeah like this is sort of a top-down effort by the Pentagon to, like, explore, like, what if we could do war and imperialism with peace? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like a TED Talk. And it's like, but like uh, yeah, very TED Talk vibes. And, of course, it comes to nothing and is, like, shut like, no, actually, bombs no, are much no, more. No, no, we'll just kill everyone. Yeah, we'll just do, like, poison and assassinations and the rest. But, um, yeah, and it's, well, interestingly, in part of in this flashback series, we're introduced to another character, which is that of arc villain Kevin Spacey, oh, who hollow be- plays well. a villain in this film and is indeed himself a villain in real life, um, apparently, um, who plays like he's sort of the foil to Jeff Bridges in the sense mm-hmm. that he's like, you know, wants to use he wants to dispense with the hippie shit and just go like straight at it. Um, MK Ultra style. So effectively, like the more real uh, uh, more pragmatic results getter but in the film he was like a private industry like he wasn't even part of the military well, right he no, was like he, a magician he, he or be- some shit he begins as a well okay yeah it gets confusing because like his character is sort of a composite of several people including this israeli magician yuri yeller who's a real person who seems to be like have the story most analogous to kevin spacey's character but in the film kevin spacey's character 
joins this um, elite unit of like mind warriors um, only to sort of be outclassed by uh, George Clooney, right. who's like the light Jedi, and he becomes sort of like a Sith Lord um, by so using funny. the same yeah, techniques, um, but like in their worst and most like, you know, craven and uh, maleficent ways. It's funny, there is um, a, probably a whole other podcast that's like the analysis could just be the the star wars wor- the movie is not really it. worth it's probably not even worth this podcast <laughs> but <laughs> it's definitely not worth another one but yes you're right yeah because there's like in the whole star wars element i mean granted they're literally name checking jedis like 10 minutes in the movie anyway so this is all sort of happening as they're cruising through the iraqi desert in i have to point out in what appears to be a chrysler sebring mm. um which seems like an i don't know i don't they're like driving on sand roads in a chrysler sebring which is you know i don't know maybe maybe um Get it's interesting. beef with chrysler over here basically though then they get kidnapped by like insurgents and there's like a sort of goof em up scene where they shoot each other and well yeah well specifically like they so after they get kidnapped like there's like a private contractor group. Well, right, yes. That, like, After they get kidnapped, they get saved by this group of like, yeah, Blackwater types right. who are these private contractors who sort of come to their rescue. Well, no, they rescue themselves, and then they're oh, trying that's true. to save right, right. the other hostage who is like some like Iraqi intellectual, like the poor, um, you know, professor who's just caught in the middle of this whole maelstrom well, maybe it's worth lingering on the, them saving themselves for just a second though because it, it reminds me so when they're you know they, they're abducted by these um people who like end up selling them to what's al-qaeda supposedly um but in that transaction where him and ewan mcgregor are being sold to them it looks like everything's like done like oh they're done for whatever and then the the george clooney character he like goes for it where he's like doing the, the th- like, cause at this point, Ewan McGregor, I think oh, yeah, he still, he, th- like he still thinks he's like full of shit, but it's like kind of a crank, but he uses like these like weird eye movements that supposedly like they were able to brainwash people with. And then just like kind of charges one of these dudes with an AK 47 and jumps at him with his hands unarmed, mimicking like this thing that they were taught, like in the psychic movement and somehow like luckily they escape and then at that moment you and mcgregor's character is like oh maybe like maybe he is a jedi i don't know you know I, I, like, well, no wait i think it's different because what basically happens is that like they're about to be like traded and sold to al-qaeda by these like random highwaymen and then you and mcgregor in like a sort of deus ex machina is says the little line of Arabic that the waiter at the Kuwaiti <laughs> right. hotel tells him <laughs> by saying like "Don't shoot, I'm a reporter." Ah. <laughs> um, so then, and then for some reason that triggers like the other the other yeah. terrorists to start shooting at their kidnappers. And yes, in the middle of that, Clooney does like a sort of like a spinning, like a crane kick jump maneuver that should not. And I think in the movie it's like. It shouldn't really have worked, but yeah, because you're supposed to be with like knives, and he just yeah. jumps at them with like a bare fist. And it so means it shows yeah. that he's a real one. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, they sort of get loose, and then they're like, "Oh, there's another hostage that they're being exchanged for." So right. they try to find him, and they accidentally run him over, but he's alive, <laughs> so they take him. And then they're sort of scooped up by these like Blackwater mercenary types, which, and this is where I'm starting going to start to get like a little critical of this film and in, in, in a way that like I actually was like a little turned off like 
it's a fine like goofy movie but also this is the thing that i think can't be ignored is like it's set in iraq which like iraq the iraq war is like one of the cardinal international crimes of the last hundred years i mean it was like proactively consciously a lie that like members of the bush government you know colin powell donald rumsfeld rest in piss by the way um he like died. literally fucking lied us into for for ulterior motives um and a lot and like a million iraqis died. it's a very very bad thing so it's like if you're gonna set a movie in it like i feel like you have to grab and like as an american from an american perspective like i feel like you have to grapple a little bit with like how much of a bloodbath it was and like they this is where i feel like the movie really falls short which is that like it comes up to the point of saying how bad iraq was and like how criminal it was and like can never really get its rocks off beyond being like oh these guys were so goofy aren't we so dumb like wasn't this so silly like wow we did such a bad job it's like no it was like purposely done and we didn't really do a bad job we did what we wanted to do and it was horrible um and so yes the the scene you're talking about is like and it's like a sort of a funny scene they get picked up by these like private contractors who are like a bunch of like mercenary dudes with rifles and like some ceo in the back seat yeah, who's, in a suit and sit yeah shit. who's like whose job is like i'm gonna bring private enterprise to iraq which like true like that was a huge part of the fucking war was like getting these like fucking sicko like you know some guy who's like a franchise owner of a long john silvers to like <laughs> over to fucking iraq to start one and like right. show the iraqi people democracy and small business ownership so like in a way I, I i i appreciate that they sort of go there but then i feel like they they give themselves an out because there's like a, a shootout where like two different mercenary companies american mercenaries start shooting at each other um and that's like the scene the way that the, our protagonists like escape into a side alley and Which then supposedly like, did happen for what it's worth like that i think that was i'm like sure a all types thing. of shit like that happened but like um but like in a way it just seems really sort of evasive and weird um that like in the movie like they talk about like oh these two mercenary companies they shot at each other and they injured each- and then like Ewan McGregor even comes over like to narrate and say 14 people were injured mostly locals whereas like so you're like okay like no one got hurt like a couple people were injured but no one died like oh my god like we just cannot stop tripping over our own dicks in this damn country it's just like and like you know again not to be like the mega downer but like if you know anything about like the american mercenary contractor presence in iraq one of the most high profile events was the Nisor Square Massacre in 2007. So this is two years before this movie came out, in which um, American contractors killed 17 civilians and injured 20 more, um, basically just spraying down like a market for no reason. Um, And four four Blackwater employees were tried and convicted, including of murder. um, And then... All four convictions were in a little recent news peg. They were all pardoned by Donald Trump right. in December 2020. Well, so this was like a yeah. huge scandal. And that's like this movie is like doing fucking kid gloves bullshit where it's like, oh, these go. Oh, it's so goofy and crazy. And you know what I mean? It's like I don't and at the risk of repeating myself, like. 
it, it's like you can do satire about like death and like grisly bad awful shit but i feel like they don't even want to try it you know what i mean right well not to get too off track because we should stay on that for a bit but I, maybe we should have led with this but there is like funnily enough like sort of a news bag here that makes this relevant that we were talking about last week um that fits with all this was um sort of like the zero to 100 withdrawal from like the largest like right. um yeah, the true. largest military base in afghanistan do you want to talk about that a little bit because we, we well, talked yes. about it for a bit so bagram air force base was like uh essentially like a quasi american city in afghanistan and was like the sort of central like tens node. of thousands of soldiers i think at, at its most it had a hundred thousand u.s servicemen there insane um and it had like you know this was in in afghanistan it was sort of like the br- the hive mind for our operations there and as we've been pulling out um you know at, at its height it had like pizza huts and like right. fucking you know like malls like it was like had all the comforts of an american strip mall apparently they sold i was listening to an, a podcast about this apparently they even like would sell like american goods to like um essentially just like afghanis there because it was like an american city it was almost yeah like it was literally yeah, it was like huge. a city um and then basically yeah this came out like two three weeks ago overnight we just left like we pulled we got all the heavy weapons out left behind a bunch of shit and just left and like part of like biden's like declared withdrawal from afghanistan right? yeah like, and but it's so indicative of like our <laughs> i mean it's good that we're getting out of afghanistan 100 percent um and it needs to that needs to happen but like it's so indicative of how much we give a shit about these countries and the people that we've like s- sort of whipped up into our uh, common cause because the like sort of afghan national army commanders who were like working hand in hand with the americans up until this point weren't even told that we were leaving right. um, and they just like found out after like looters were ransacking the base <laughs> and like you know stealing like stealing m16s fucking and pokemon fucking cards and, and a bunch of ammo yeah and like armored vehicles and shit yeah, there too was, like, like <laughs> all were armored vehicles like hundreds of just like pickup trucks and all this shit was just like we just left it behind. I mean, it's sort of like a low-profile version of like the Saigon Embassy right, situation right. in Vietnam. Um, and so, yeah, that is an interesting sort of lens through which to view this movie, in which we see sort of us at the height of. I mean, this is pre-surge in right. Afghanistan. This is still when we were like right when Obama was about to do the surge. Yeah, this right. Yeah, surge. like about a year yeah. right before. Um, and like clearly, shit is going sideways and. I think this movie is a way to is like an attempt to grapple with like the fact that this war is a disaster and everything's going wrong, both in Iraq where it explicitly takes place and in Afghanistan. Um, but my major bone to pick is that like it doesn't it pulls its punches like at the point where it could like really like land a blow and like do real satire and like especially in this contractor scene where it's just like these dumb like you know redneck country fucking bumpkin mercenaries who are like accidentally shoot each other in the leg and then our guys get away and it's just like okay like really like we can't spill any blood in this movie about a rock yeah <laughs> you know what i mean well that's like, where for fear of like turning off your middle class audience yeah like, well that's where we like maybe i guess like friend friendly disagree a little bit on it it's just that like my take of it is like i that all makes sense to me and it's like it's def- it's certainly if this was as like the quintessential Iraq war satire it fails on that but my sort of like read on it that's more charitable is that like one it's a 90 minute movie it's it's quite short compared to today's standards and like they're doing a lot of different different like 
um, you know, it's a lot of flashback. Like m- much of the story is like serving to like explain this like Cold War era um, organization that was like the the Psychic Warriors, and like they're like moving between both this narrative that's bringing it forward in the present day, which is the Iraq War, and then also explaining like Cassidy's character Clooney explaining like sort of like the jeff bridges character and i think that in that context and fitting it all in 90 minutes i guess i give them more of a pass of not going too deep into like the you know the intricacies of the iraq war but like yeah well yeah i don't think you need to go like deep into like here's the nisor square massacre and here's how it happened but like you could just show like you could get a little more gruesome with it like show some blood like show some people getting blown the fuck up like as actually happened like Right. Even if it's just a couple of these mercenaries getting their brains blown out, like that would be a little more similitude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, there is a there is a there is a character that blows so his own brains out, but yeah, in the end, in like a very sort of like, it's sort of a slapstick fashion. But, um, that's just where I think it's like, it's a sort of insidious because they like acknowledge it's like a limited hangout. You know what I mean? To use uh, to reuse a term I think we've used in the past, of saying like, okay, yes shit was bad like this dumb stuff happened but like it wasn't like this is how it happened and it's like no it was way worse it wasn't just like mercenaries accidentally shooting each other it was like mercenaries like going full psycho and like slaughtering civilians uh and then getting acquitted you know i mean granted that was 10 years after this film came out but i think it comes time and time again that the movie doesn't really want to like it's like wants to be in iraq for certain reasons like it, it makes sense that the movie takes place in Iraq. Well, it's where the book, it's based on the real story, right? Right, exactly, like, yeah. So it's being faithful to the, to the book, and it's faithful to the time period that it was released in, where, like, we're still right in the thick of it. Um, and I don't even think everyone has, like, fully given up on the notion. But then it's just, like, and it wants to say, this is the thing, it's like, it, it's like we're doing satire. Like, yeah. we're, like, we're casting a jaundiced eye at this whole military business. But then it's just, like, the worst satire can do is, like, these guys are a bunch of goof em up. You're yeah. a bunch of goofballs. Well, and it's I like, mean, bro, it's a lot worse yeah, than I mean, you said goofballs. It, you said it you know? in passing, but it is like, I think it's worth exploring, though, where it's like you said, like, maybe we haven't grappled with it as much. I mean, in 2009, right, I think people, like, the stories had come out that sh- that had shown that, the, you know, the WMDs were false and all this type of stuff. Oh, yeah, that but, was like, widely we, known you know, point. when we were in 2009, we were teenagers or younger, and, like, I think our generation it's like our coming of age is the Iraq war. Right. And like, we're so like, if there's one thing you can say about us and like our whole generation is that we're so disillusioned. And I think much of that is because of the Iraq war, but in 2009, especially taking for granted, this was like a, this was like a Hollywood blockbuster, like at the top of the charts, it like did make, the, it did the, make the like general, three times its budget. The back general in consensus of like, what was like the narrative I think was, it wasn't, we hadn't quite, gotten mm. it the way that we get it now i th- i think in the i don't know about that because by the, by 2009 obama had already won by on the premise of the war in iraq is a failure i'm, yeah. I'm getting us well out. that's i mean that's why I mean, it's bush like, got the, why it looks like that right is why it's a slapsticky right but this right. is my point where it's just it's like the most we can cop to is like that we did a bad job, not that like we did a crime. It's like right. the worst we can cop to is that like oh we we bungled, not that like we were like mer- we went into someone's house to kill them. You know what I mean? It's just like right. oh we like we were like the the robbers from Home Alone. It's like no, we're like Jason. We're like fucking 
we're like Michael Myers. Like, you know what I mean? And like, right. and I don't think like you, I think you can make a comedy about that, but it's just like you, it, 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 it's like, it rings very false. And it's like all the laughs don't really land if you're like trying to just like look away from the worst shit. Um, and so we, we can, I think this will, we can sort of continue on this theme in a way um, because granted there are some like good i think laughs that, that work in this film um i mean granted so like plot wise yeah they get away after this is like this goof them up with the contractors they shoot each other up there's like a a weird scene that when they like take their iraqi hostage who they rescued who's like an intellectual type and uh George Clooney goes, I don't want you to think all Americans are like those like mercenaries. Like we're not all evil. And then the 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 merce- or the Iraqi goes very sagely goes, It's okay, it was not intentional. I don't want you to think all Iraqis are terrorists. Which right. is like <laughs> so weird to me because I'm like, oh really? Like I don't know if Iraqis are in a position to have to apologize to the Americans right. who are like parachuting in and blowing up their country. Being like, yo, guys, like, I know not everyone has been super chill with you, but that's like, we're, we're not all that way. Like, talking to your invaders. Anyway, though. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, an, like 30 minutes before in the movie, George Clooney literally ran over this man yeah, with a car. Ran this dude right over before he said, truck, we're yeah. Americans and we're here to help. Yeah. yeah, I mean, no, that's hilarious, man. Cause, like, yeah, that's literally like, this is the movie, like, trying to do satire and then, like, getting cold feet. Cause it's just, like, literally that's like some pretty on the nose like we're americans we're here to help and then you run over the iraqi it's like okay clearly that's what they're obvious what they're trying to do there yeah but I then mean, like a couple minutes later they like walk it back by having the iraqi like genuinely apologize in a way that's supposed to make us feel like he's like a really considered and like yeah. thoughtful person well in a way like and maybe this is a stretch but i'm gonna try it um it reminds me in a way because obviously there's like a lot of like political considerations to take into account of making like a, a, a blockbuster movie in the height of the blo- of the of the Iraq War, but it reminds me of like now like the Avengers movies specifically, but other movies too. They're like now cater to like international audiences with like China being like the biggest audience. Like there's a lot of stories you'll hear about like m- like movies that like make political considerations to like not offend like Chinese audiences or Chinese government. And, like, that's kind of – you can sort of see a similar thing here, but, like, with the U.S. audience where it's, like, okay, yeah, make your, your satire, but, like, don't go too far because, like, then you're going to be, like, really, like, getting too well, yeah. too on the edge. You Fair know? enough. And that's probably that's probably exactly right. But that also means, like, it's going to be judged as a piece of shit work of art. Well, that's – and that's how – and that's, that's like, rightfully so why people are, like, judging the shit now, right? Yeah. Where it's, like, how can you not have the balls to, like, include, like, a Taiwanese That's my point shit, is, like – well sure yeah like and like yeah you can have it one way or the other i mean this movie made money so fine but it's also like i'm not gonna not it's not gonna not scan as like dog shit sure well yeah i mean like the avengers (laughs) like some of the most money of anything oh well you bet it does um Um, yeah that point definitely taken i yeah like that's just my point is simply that it's not like exculpating it's not exculpatory for the filmmakers to be like well well they had to make money it's like Okay, well then, don't do this film. I mean, do it and make money and do it cynically, and then I'm you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna look like Lenny Riefenstahl, but a lot less pot, a lot less skilled, yeah. you know, and people are gonna <laughs> consider you as such, or you know, make the stinging the stinging critique that you or the stinging bit of satire that you sort of claim you are, 
and don't make the money. But it's well, like you don't get to yeah. have your cake. I and mean, eat it. but we mentioned it off mic that too, and I and I I still have like some beef with the idea that this is like an Iraq film. But in, in the concept that it is, there really like hasn't been like a big name film even to this day that's based around Iraq that's like done this right. You know what I mean? Like I think it is like one of those things that like we just haven't really. Yeah. It's just like we're not. I don't know if we're not ready for it or if like the the Hollywood's not ready for it, but it hasn't been done well where we've gra- we really grappled with it. There's no money in telling know? Americans this this close to the facts about like what what we were all been complicit in. No one wants to hear about it. You know what I mean? Like what are I the biggest right? like the biggest Iraq films are like Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty. We talked about Hurt Locker, but Zero Dark Thirty is like it's pure propaganda, right? Zero like, Dark Thirty is like, like some pure, straight pure up. propaganda shit. And it was like literally. The CIA, like, literally was, like, consulted right. straight out. So it is, like, about as, like, straight out propaganda as you can get. But even Hurt Locker, which, like, yeah. for those who've seen I I do like that I mean, movie as a, good, a film. It's a nice, yeah, it's, a, it's, a pleas- it's like, not pleasant. I mean, it's a it's a good, well-made film. Right. And, um, I, and I think that, as we talked about off mic, it's, like, it. I think it does a, I would argue, does a good job of exploring, like, the, the condition of, like, the American soldier. But it doesn't know it hasn't like really touched on like the American soul of like what it means to be involved Much in this. Much less the Iraqi soul. I mean, like that's well, the yeah, thing. or just no, like the, the the yeah the broader context. That's right? the thing though. It's just like the most weak, the most intense we can get about this is like how bad it fucked up our boys to go over there. And it's just like yeah, a lot of our boys were fucked up. But it's like again, that's like you know, that's like essentially saying like yo. um in beat in like killing this person i felt so bad about it you know what i mean or like in 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 like with no consideration paid towards the the person who was killed and it's like yeah it's complex because these people like if you're a fucking teenager and you're a marine whatever like you're not really responsible you are just like a little cog in this machine but like that's like as far as our cinema our like cinema and art about iraq at least for public consumption is prepared to go is to say like right. man it really made our boys all fucked up whereas it's like no one is willing to talk about like how about the a million the literally one million iraqis who died because of this like fake war that was a lie you know what i mean um and obviously like this film is like supposed to be just like a pretty light light-hearted slapstick thing right. but that's why i think it's like well damn like that 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 doesn't land well because like that's like weird like that's a weird thing to do that's like if like the you know not to like over you know not to like overstate the case but that's like if like a german director in like the 50s was doing like a light-hearted slapstick comedy about the holocaust like before anyone had even acknowledged that it actually happened like you know what i mean and then yeah. it's supposed to be acknowledged it's like we did a really bad thing with this war and like it's just weird to see this movie like try to play it off as like a sort of a gag or or, or, or like at best like oh we 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 were so dumb like we yeah like don't like homer style yeah. like oh i can't believe we did this there's it's definitely like, a Ugh. simpsons element of it no i mean i i hear you on the intellectual level of it i 100 percent agree and i agree with all of it however though like i like as a consumer like i was able to enjoy important it. important I mean, I, I did just like enjoy. No, it's true. It, you know? Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't hate watching. I wasn't this movie like, like aghast when I was like. No, watching, neither you was know? I. There's and there's some good lines in it too. Like it, it, it works. It's not like super funny, honestly. Like, because there's a lot of like art that has horrible politics or like movies with terrible politics that are still really funny. 
Um, and this one's like, like every like Clint Tarantino's like Grant. Well, I guess Grant Tarantino's not funny, but it's like yeah. It's I mean, like the politics good. of that are even not even so bad necessarily. But a lot of the Clint East, yeah, Clint Eastwood shit. Well, you're talking about yeah, Clint yeah. Eastwood did Grant Tarantino. Um, but like, there's a lot of like shit like that where you can just sort of get in, get in with it, and like let your like sort of like your like worst demons take over and sort of enjoy it in some perverse way in the in the moment um and in this movie it works pretty well i mean there's like some funny ass scenes so basically like to finish the plot like basically we re-meet um um these people who we'd only seen in the flashbacks who are jeff bridges and kevin spacey right who were sort of like the the yin and yang of this new earth army project also kevin's or or jeff bridges for what should be known in the flashbacks you learn that he was dishonorably discharged because someone had been like experimenting it was kevin spacey's character he was experimenting with like lsd and like sort of drove this one character crazy by like you know doing like the playing like barney music yeah mk ultra shit basically and like there's a scene where this guy goes out and starts shooting at other soldiers and then jeff bridges character comes up and says put the gun down and he just shoots himself in the brains um and so (laughs) then jeff bridges character is like dishonorably discharged and the whole movement because so he's discredited for yeah for this new age shit because it resulted in this like well-connected young cadet blowing his brains out but really, it was the reason he did that. Actually, it was because Kevin Spacey's character dosed him with acid. Who then Kevin Spacey takes over the yeah. So the Kevin Spacey very nefariously like causes the downfall of the good-hearted Jeff Bridges character and takes over his sort of yeah like takes over his division and makes it like you know denudes it of all of the like hippie shit hippie shit said. yes <laughs> and makes it just this like cold-hearted like psycho warfare bullshit yeah like. exactly and then so then we meet we meet both characters again in the present day in Iraq. Spacey is now like the CEO of this like private company. That's, you know, cashing a bunch of government checks to do psycho warfare bullshit. And, um, Bridges is working for him as a sort of like whipped dog, like lackey. Super Um, sad in a way. Yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. It's sad. He's like, he got the upper hand. Um, and there's a pretty funny laugh line where he's just like telling them about how like we're working on all this non-lethal shit. Like you know he's ta- he's talking to the George Clooney character who's like sort of having a reckoning with these three with these two who he's been estranged from for so long. And uh, Spacey's trying to tell him all about how oh look like you know you know I've made this into something that's really viable and should it's not all bad. Should we play the clip real quick? Yeah, let's play the clip. Let's play the clip. So yeah, so that was like a good one because that's and this is what I'm talking about is like this is like one of the few places where the film like strays towards like actually dealing with like the darkness the the, the dark heart of this whole enterprise helps that Kevin Spacey delivered it too yeah who is like a genuine demon in real life um but like that's what I'm saying like do do you get what I'm saying Mac I do I do because that's the type of shit that they're really up to and then like the whole rest of the movie it's so kid gloves where they're like oh everyone's just like. No one really wanted to hurt anyone. It's like, 
that's so false. It's just like not true to the reality, and it and it insults the, your intelligence as a viewer. Whereas like, and that made me laugh because it's like, and it's a perfect example of like, yeah, it's fucking grim, but it's like, <laughs> it's like a funny bit of comedy, at least in the way that like line that those lines are read. Yeah, I no, I agree. I mean, I, I take again. It's kind of to what I said before, where it's like intellectually, I get what you're saying, a hundred percent. But as like just like watching it, it like, I can see why. Like maybe I see why. I just may, think may, it's maybe a... maybe not. Like there's a lot of like. Yeah, maybe they didn't do the best job of explaining it, but or like driving home the severity of it, but it still it's... worked. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you could. It does, and it. Do, I agree. It does work as like a movie. Like if you just like suspend any like sort of like critical, political analysis, or like you don't think of it in any political terms, which is hard to do, but like. It does like sort of like you know the beats are there and it sort of it glides along and it does work and like you get your sort of like moment because like George Clooney and Jeff Bridges are like down in the dumps they start they like they they're like oh our, our shit is bullshit like we, we can't stare at goats and then like they realize at the end that they in fact they can and they yeah. can do it for good um, and they sort of get their mojo back by like spiking this whole entire army base's water with acid and like everyone just goes like <laughs> goo goo gaga and starts like jacking off and doing playing volleyball and then like yeah they just sort of literally the bridges character flies off into the sunset in a helicopter and then ewan mcgregor writes the story up and uh you know is cool again um and everyone lives happily ever after um and that's sort of how it, they tie it up um, which is fine. It's neat. It's like a neat little bow on the film. Um, granted, I, I, I could not help but think about the fact that like when you dose a bunch of people with acid without their knowledge, especially when they're like probably like PTSD ridden soldiers <laughs> right. in Iraq who have guns, like I have a hard time believing they would all be just like, yeah, playing volleyball and like doing a car right. wash, <laughs> especially when you <laughs> probably see like a terrorist around every corner. Yeah, I think there would be yeah there would be uh, some uh, a, a little bit of a foobar situation perhaps. Like someone um, drops like a sandwich on the ground, they think it's a fucking bomb. Yeah, or half these dudes who like canonically w- or probably went back, got discharged to the United States, and then like shot up a mall. Um, <laughs> not to get too uh, too real with it, but those guys. Uh, See, um, this is the movie that Jonah wanted. Yeah, not to like. Yeah, not to. Uh, you know, I swear it could have been a comedy. No, but yeah, it's cool. It's fine. It works. It works as a plot device. And like, yeah, you leave the film and it's like it's it's it is what it is, baby. But um, again, I can't help but thinking the movie could have been a lot funnier and a lot like more effective as a satire had they like. Yeah, not pulled, not pulled the punches on 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 this or that uh, moment. Um, but I agree, it does it does sort of work, and I think you know it's sort of like this is something you were saying earlier, Mac. I think this is what we really needed to hear in like two thousand nine right. about Iraq. Like it's twenty twenty one now. It's been twelve years. Like we really know how this shit played out. Like right. there's no there's no mistaking what what happened now. But yeah. then it was like a little more ambiguous, and I think. Right. There was a lot of people who were interested in hearing the fact that, like, maybe this isn't going to plan, but, like, it's not. It's just because it's, like, it's so it's so dumb. Like, and we're just, like, it was, we couldn't really get it. And, like, you know, I think that's a comforting thing to hear. Right. And I don't think it was entirely implausible at that point. 
if well, you didn't know better. Yeah, I mean, there's just like this idea of like what America is as a concept. Then that like there was still like sort of this post Cold War, like we won and we did it, but like trying to like find a narrative to like grasp at the straws of like okay, but like how can we explain that all this shit is going wrong even though we we won, right? And it's like yeah. we're still dealing with that, but now like in 2021, it's like you just look around you, like even like. It's, that narrative is gone, right? Even like the most like, some of the most like diehard Iraq War people are like supporting like the withdrawal now. You know, it's yeah, like no it's one done. really. Yeah, no one is like. There's pretty much not a single person in the public sphere who's gonna say that Iraq was good or we did the right thing. Yeah. Um, but it's true that like, we still need something to like sort of direct our energy at, and Iraq was that. Global War on Terror was that. Um, and I think, like, as it was starting to go a little tits up in 2009, like, this was this type of movie that, like, told us a story that, like, was critical but not overly critical and, like, right. sort of let everyone sleep at night. Um, right. And in a weird way, it's also good because it, it's a good film because it highlights some of the worst, like, some of these, like, unspoken elements, i.e. the weird research side and, like, the degree to which, um, <laughs> the degree to which, like, things play out over decades yeah in, in terms of like or at least insofar as our like uh me, uh military research is concerned like these things yeah need a playground in which to be experimented with and like iraq was that and it was a continuation of the cold war yeah um well that part of it is what i thought that like it was like it, the most interesting for me was that like it was it talked about a lot of things that we talked about in the DARPA episode, yeah, but then showed, listen. but then showed like sort of what happens 20, 30 years hence. And like, when I there's think, no good application. For right. It exactly. Which I think is interesting because like you can, it's easy to just almost look at it like a startup, like Silicon Valley persona, where it's like you do it and it's done and it's over, but it's not really over. Like there's consequences long term, And like, this is like sort of shows like what it's like years after well, um, I think it's true. I think that's actually one of the ways in which it succeeds, maybe unintentionally, which is it shows like how old logics are applied to the current situation for no other reason than to have them be meaningful. Like, there's no real reason to have um, psychic mind warriors when we're in Iraq and Afghanistan, where we're basically like the war is over, like the day it begins. Right. You know what I mean? Like we topple the government in like six months. Um but they like you know they exist so they need to have some something to do right um and like and i think in a way this movie is sort of interesting because it shows like these people running around with like no real who've been like their whole program and remit has been designed for a different time and a different war and there's, right. that war's gone and they're just like twiddling their thumbs in this like destructive way um and i think that is actually very incisive and like but I don't know if the movie does that on purpose. But um, ultimately, yeah. I, so I guess final takeaways. It's not like an it's not a boring movie. Um, George Clooney's great. Jeff Bridges is always a delight. Spacey's Kevin Spacey, awesome. I love I love so watching good. Spacey now that we know that he's like a demonic pedophile. It, it all makes so much sense. It's great. I, I, you should everyone should go back and watch all of Spacey's entire canon because. Makes so much he sense. He plays like that type of character in so many of his movies too. Yeah. Like a sort of insidious pedophile reptilian, sort reptilian of thing. freak. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yo, you were just playing yourself. 
Um, he has like I forget even with the context, but it doesn't matter. But there's something in this movie where he just like set, goes. Someone's like admiring him. He says, "Fuck off." And it's like yeah. when he did that, I was just so like, "Oh, good. it makes so much sense." Um, and he does end up blowing his brains out, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Which, uh, who knows? <laughs> not not uh we never know we never know what the future holds for our favorite celebs who are implicated in um massive sex crimes um as the past years have shown in any case um so that's uh, that's the menu star goats i mean i i think we've sort of we've sort of nailed it to the wall man yeah unless you have anything no else i think we did a good job add. it's on amazon prime if people are amazon, interested is it on amazon it's on hbo max as well that's oh, where i watched it i got it for for on my, oh not for free on my hundred dollar subscription on on Amazon Prime. But yeah, Max getting free movies from Amazon direct from Jeff Bezos. He's an. Yeah, off. me and me and Jeff have a. Also, um, from completely Jeff's, Jeff's private completely fucking off topic. But um, figure you'd be interested in this. What do you think about um, Richard Branson stealing Jeff Bezos's uh, claim to be the first billionaire in space? The whole thing is so just. <laughs> Gross. It is crazy, isn't like, it? Like, I don't know. Because I didn't even know, regular people did this like 30 fucking years ago, right? Yeah, I was like, I thought the Soviet <laughs> like, Union did this in the fucking late 60s. Yeah, like, who they, gives a they shit? They got like a couple inches above the stratosphere. Who fucking cares? It literally doesn't even stir the smallest thing. It's like, okay, if you landed on the moon even, which has already been done, but then, okay, fine. It's like, aren't people going up in the space constantly? All the time, yeah. Who cares? They live-streamed it, so. Fuck him. Fuck them both. Um, I thought it was funny, though, just because it's like... I, like not not it's was, all was he like planning to be the first one? yes and like and he and oh, and he Branson sniped? just like out of nowhere it was like i'm gonna fucking do it which i think is kind of kind of sucks yeah sucks. i mean it's funny i guess yeah it's the most we can hope for now is just like choosing a billionaire and hoping they fuck over the other one yeah it's like mortal Kombat with billionaires yeah except that no, we're not we're not at that we don't have the control right <laughs> someone else is playing um well okay if if richard branson does pull jeff bezos's head out of his body with (laughs) with his entire spine attached um i'd be down to see that and then maybe i would be team i'd be team virgin (laughs) team virgin um uh yeah thank you to our sponsor virgin atlantic yeah thank Um, you virgin mobile virgin just all virgins around the world all virgins thank you all virgins yeah (laughs) thank you um We'll see you guys. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, we got a special episode for you again next oh, week. Yes. We got an unannounced guest who uh, you're just gonna have to we wait have to see. We have a special guest again next week. It's gonna be a fucking a real stem winder of an episode. I promise you that. Um, someone who knows a lot more about a specific topic than uh, than I do for sure. I won't Certainly s- than I do. Yeah. So there you go. Um, be putting our heads together next week on the future is out. <coughs> Goodbye.